You hear a knock on the door and open it to find two friendly representatives from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormon Church. What will you say? Will you send them away without a Christian witness, or will you engage them in a meaningful and Christ-honoring conversation? If you desire the latter, may we suggest the book, Answering Mormon's Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson. Answering Mormon's Questions is available at the Utah Christian Research Center, 579 West Galena Park Place in Draper, Utah. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is Godhood still a teaching of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We continue looking at some of the books that were given away as Christmas gifts by the First Presidency between the years 1981 and 2017. Today, we're going to tackle the subject of Godhood. This is a controversial teaching, and sometimes you may have a Latter-day Saint deny that Mormons even believe that. However, in looking at these books that were given away as Christmas gifts, we have to assume that the First Presidency obviously did believe that or does believe that because they are giving away books that have this clear language in them that certainly shows that this is something that is being taught. And Bill, I think doing the shows on Godhood right now is a good example of what is going to be expected by many Latter-day Saints if they're obedient. And the obedience part we talked about this past week, you have to have all of the commandments being kept. And if you do that, this is the carrot. This is the hope that every Latter-day Saint has. And I think for a lot of Latter-day Saints, they might not like the language that's so specific, but these citations that are supposed to have been read by Latter-day Saints who were given these books are very clear about what Godhood is and how it can be expected through obedience. And we should mention, Eric, that these books were bound in leather, Many of them were replicas of books that had been made available to the general public, although some of them, such as the Selections of Doctrines of Salvation, took, as it says, selections from the three volumes of Doctrines of Salvation that was written by the 10th president, Joseph Fielding Smith. The first quotation that we are going to give today comes from the book Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith. Now, Eric, you said this is probably one of the more popular of all the books that they gave away during Christmas, and this was given away at Christmas in 1991. And the reason why we draw that conclusion is because if you were to find a copy of this book that was given away as a Christmas gift, it's probably one of the more expensive books. Yeah, you can't find this book for under $100, and I've seen books as much as 200 to 250 for this copy. But uh, this is pages 346 to 347. And Joseph Smith said, 
Here then is eternal life to know the only wise and true God, and you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you, namely by going from one small degree to another and from a small capacity to a great one, from grace to grace, from exaltation to exaltation, until you attain to the resurrection of the dead and are able to dwell in everlasting burnings and to sit in glory as do those who sit enthroned in everlasting power. Now, a Mormon may argue, but this is Joseph Smith. This is back in the 19th century. Certainly the church has changed over the years. Well, that's the whole point of doing this series, folks. The fact that the First Presidency gave this book as a Christmas gift in 1991 shows that this isn't just a 19th century teaching, but in fact is something that is still being taught by the leadership today. Perhaps not quite in the same precise language, or I should say even the clear language, because sometimes when Mormon leaders talk about godhood, they do tend to camouflage it by using terms, well, we'll become like God, rather than ontologically a god. Well, Brigham Young, in his Discourses of Brigham Young, page 245, puts it clearly when he says intelligent beings are organized to become gods, even the sons of God, to dwell in the presence of the gods and become associated with the highest intelligences that dwell in eternity. We are now in the school and must practice upon what we receive. Now, I should mention that the Discourses of Brigham Young, it was put together by a Mormon apostle. And if you were to look at the Discourses of Brigham Young, the Christmas gift is exactly the same as the one that was made available to the general public and was compiled by John Witso. But the Discourses of Brigham Young includes, naturally, quotations from Brigham Young. But where did these quotations come from? They came from the Journal of Discourses, 26 volumes of sermons, mainly from Brigham Young and other general authorities of that time period. But when you hear a Latter-day Saint say, well, we don't go by the Journal of Discourses, we're not supposed to go by that. Well, this book was compiled specifically from those books. So you can't say that they are not supposed to be at least taken into consideration because obviously James Talmadge thought that these quotations should be worthy of note. And I would also say the First Presidency, who gave it away in 1992 as a Christmas gift, also felt it was a book that was worthy of note. Here's another quote, page 283. Brigham Young said this on October 8th, 1876. He said, Having fought the good fight, we then shall be prepared to lay our bodies down to rest to await the morning of the resurrection, when they will come forth and be reunited with the spirits, the faithful, as it is said, receiving crowns, glory, immortality, and eternal lives, even a fullness with the Father, when Jesus shall present his work to the Father, saying, Father, here is the work thou gavest me to do. Then will they become gods, even the sons of God. Then will they become eternal fathers, eternal mothers, eternal sons, and eternal daughters. Being eternal in their organization, they go from glory to glory, from power to power. They will never cease to increase and to multiply worlds without end. When they receive their crowns, their dominions, they then will be prepared to frame earth like unto ours and to people them in the same manner as we have been brought forth by our parents, by our Father and God. Now there's an interesting expression there, Eric, that you brought out towards the end of that paragraph. When they receive their crowns, their dominions, they then will be prepared to frame earths like unto ours 
and to people them in the same manner as we have been brought forth by our parents, by our Father and God. Oftentimes when I'm trying to explain this concept to non-Latter-day Saints, I explain it as a process that has been going on since eternity past. The Heavenly Father of Mormonism is not unique in that he is the only Heavenly Father. There are a number of Heavenly Fathers that go clear back into eternity. Because as Joseph Smith taught, God himself, the one they call Elohim or Heavenly Father, was once a human being who was the offspring of another Heavenly Father that preceded him. This infinite regression goes back into eternity past. But I want to bring something up about this. When Brigham Young talks about framing Earths, some Mormons get a little bit nervous when you talk about planets, Mormons getting planets. Well, Brigham Young is basically saying that same thing. He's just not using the word planets. Now, there's a website, and to get to it as quickly as you can, here's what I suggest. Google the words Mormonism 101 FAQ. Mormonism 101 FAQ. And scroll down to question number 13. What does that say, Eric? It asks the question, do Latter-day Saints believe that they will get their own planet? Question mark. And the answer, no. This idea is not taught in Latter-day Saint scripture, nor is it a doctrine of the church. This misunderstanding stems from speculative comments unreflective of scriptural doctrine. Well, why then did the First Presidency give away a book of Brigham Young's that quotes from the Journal of Discourses where he talks about framing earths? We have an article on our website. If you go to mrm.org in our search box, look for the title of this article. It's Spirit, Children, and planets, where we have a number of these quotations showing that question number 13, at least the answer for question number 13 on Mormonism 101 FAQ, is certainly misleading. A third president of the church, John Taylor, in the Gospel Kingdom, another Christmas book on page 54, says something very similar to Brigham Young. He says, man as an eternal being. What is he? Let us look again and view him in another aspect why he is an eternal being and possesses within him a principle that is destined to exist while life and thought and being last or immortality endures. What is he? He had his being in the eternal worlds. He existed before he came here. He is not only the son of man, but he is the son of God also. He is a God in embryo and possesses within him a spark of that eternal flame, which was struck from the blaze of God's eternal fire in the eternal world. He is an immortal being. He is a part of the deity. And that man as an eternal being, certainly Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, talks about that, as we existed as intelligences prior to us becoming the sons and daughters of heavenly parents, obviously, before we came here to mortality. And I should mention that that book, John Taylor's The Gospel Kingdom, was given as a Christmas gift in 1996. But you have another citation from The Gospel Kingdom written by John Taylor. Page 52, he wrote, A God in Embryo? Man is a dual being, possessed of body and spirit, made in the image of God, and connected with him and with eternity. He is a God in embryo, and will live and progress throughout the eternal ages, if obedient to the laws of the Godhead, as the gods progress throughout the eternal ages. And that goes back to what you said earlier, Eric, that obedience is absolutely essential if a Latter-day Saint hopes to achieve 
this godhood that's being discussed here. One final quote, we'll give this one from Howard W. Hunter in The Teachings of Howard W. Hunter, page 15, another Christmas book, and he says, Man has great potential. My spiritual reasoning tells me that because God is an exalted being, holy and good, that man's supreme goal is to be like him. And you have to understand the language, folks. To be like him is talking about becoming a God, like Heavenly Father is God. Now, Mormons would disagree if you assume that somehow they have the ability to surpass God the Father. They don't believe that. No God can surpass the God that preceded him. Well, that would also mean that Heavenly Father could not be any more powerful or surpass the God that preceded Heavenly Father, which means that with every generation of God, you would think they're getting weaker and weaker with every generation. They're not getting stronger. They're not getting more powerful. They're not certainly more in authority than the God that preceded them. But that's the way it is according to Mormonism if you want to accept this doctrine, which many Latter-day Saints do, in fact, accept it today. Bill, if the listeners would like to get a copy of the quotes that we're citing from this first month of this series, they can do that by going to our website, mrm.org, go to the Donate button on the right side of the page, and put in your amount. In the Add a Note section, if you'd put the letters PDF and then provide your radio station call letters, if you listen on podcast, put your city and state, and that's going to help us immensely. And what we'll do is we'll send you two electronic copies, one in their own words by Bill McKeever, and the second will be a compilation of the quotes of the Christmas books that we're citing in this first month of the series. And 100% of the gifts do go to help our radio ministry. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.